Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio. I'm here with my friend and co-author Nancy Saxton Lopez. And this is a program that we do live on Facebook and YouTube every Thursday from 6 p.m. to about 6.30, give or take. And it's an opportunity to reach a little bit farther than we were able to with our book, The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss groups. That book was based on decades of experience facilitating pet loss groups, 30 plus years and counting for Nancy and about 14 plus years and counting for me. And this new, well, relatively new medium <laughs> allows us to have more of a conversation with people who may benefit from some support with the loss of an animal companion or the pending loss of an animal companion. And so we invite you to reach out to us and connect with us via email. You can do that by reaching me at kenddv at gmail.com. And you can reach Nancy at nsaxtonlopez at csmpc.com. That's N-S-A-X-T-O-N-L-O-P-E-Z at csmpc.com. You can send us your personal stories. Please. And a lot of what we do on the program is share stories from audience members. And we'll be doing that this evening. And if you choose to write to us, we will write back to you. One or both of us will write back to you whether or not it is okay with you for us to share your story. So if you write to us, you can tell us whether or not it's okay for us to share all or parts of your story. It's very helpful to other people when they hear the experiences of others who have gone through the loss of a pet and are in the process of, of grieving and healing their grief. You can also write to us and suggest topics and you can suggest guests. Yes, and right. the guests who we've had on the program have often been the result of a recommendation from mm -hmm. somebody who is listening. All of this information I'm sharing at the beginning is available in the description that is attached to either the, the video cast or the audio recording that you might get through one of the podcast outlets. You can support our work in a number of different ways through Venmo or PayPal or monthly subscription. And this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society in Springfield, Massachusetts. It's a multi-resource service program that's been around since 1969 and does a lot of great things in addition to providing an animal shelter and adoption center. You can learn more about Dakin at D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E.org. One of the programs that Dakin sponsors is a cost-free Zoom pet loss support group that I facilitate monthly. It is usually on the second Tuesday of the month it runs from 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. It is entirely cost-free to participants and you can find the RSVP link in the program description. And you can also join from anywhere in the world and we have people who do that. They join from everywhere in the English-speaking world and everywhere where people, people maybe English. don't have <laughs> English as their first language, but they choose to join us. The next meeting will be on the 13th of June and again, there's a link to the RSVP for that program in the description. Please consider subscribing on YouTube if you find this program valuable, because when you do that, it allows others to learn about the program more easily because the, this, the Pet Loss Companion will show up 
higher on the list of resources when they seek help. So thank you very much for that. If you can subscribe, that's always helpful for the program. And Nancy, want to get us started? Yeah. Now, if I you hear noise, I've got my little Ellie on my lap tonight. <laughs> you know, she's hanging out here. So, um, yes, we're going to talk. We have two stories tonight, and they both um, have similarities in the context of anticipatory grieving. Um, and one that I'm going to read, Danielle, is has uh, written to us about Nella, who's still alive, actually, but is ill. And Ken really has one, I think, from Harvey, right, with mm-hmm. Wesley. Right. Um, but Wesley has has been has passed, I believe. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that correct? But it's it's the context of what we go through, right, when you know we are our beloved companion is ill, um, or you know has, has has some disabilities. Sometimes when you look at the quality of life scale, they may only have one thing. So then how do you really determine when that time is? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read Danielle's. Um, I'm a fairly new podcast listener. And after listening to episode 71 about Kelsey and her dog, Yoshi, I decided to write to you guys. Please feel free to share this if you wish. But I know this topic has been covered already. And I mostly want to write this just to have someone else listening. Thank you for being that someone else listening. My husband and I have no children, but we truly have experienced our first child and our dog, Nella. Nella is approximately nine and a half years old. She is 75 pounds of pure love, just a simple mixed breed gal. She was dumped on a dead end road in the fall of 2015, and she found me. I truly believe that God sent her directly to me, and she has never left my side. I love her more than I knew I could love. She is definitely my heart dog. In December of 2022, I felt a small lump on the side of her neck. After different appointments and tests and surgery, we received her official diagnosis in February of 2023, neuroendocrine carcinoma. As terrible as a cancer diagnosis is, the main issue is not the cancer itself, but the location. It is pressing against her airway, making it difficult for her to breathe. I am an ICU nurse myself, and so it is heartbreaking to imagine that she is air hungry. We have been wrestling for the past few months with when to euthanize her. We both agree we do not want her to suffer, but she is still so happy and playful that it seems crazy to let her go. I want to be brave enough to let her go before the suffering begins, but this decision is impossible. All of the blogs, the quality of life scales, the books, they all talk about things like not eating, not finding joy in their favorite things, not being mobile. It is so hard to make the judgment call based solely off of her breathing and the guilt that comes with feeling like we are taking her too soon. But the anxiety and fear I have of her suffering or dying alone if we are not home and she goes into acute distress eats me up. I just wish she would talk to me just this one time and tell me how she feels. If I knew she was hurting or was ready, I would do it in a heartbeat. 
She is our only baby, and thinking of coming home to an empty, quiet home takes my breath away. I am so grateful for your podcast because listening to stories like Kelsey's, knowing someone has done the exact thing I'm doing, and hearing how people do move on and move forward brings me hope. Who knows when we will break down and make the appointment? Only time will tell, I suppose. And thank you for all you do. Yeah, well, thank you, Danielle, for sharing this really heart-wrenching situation that you are in with your family and with Noah, part of your family. I, I wonder, Nancy, if you could just hold up Ellie, because I'd like for people to see the the one who is making all these snorting noises. <laughs> there she is. Sorry, are you making snorting noises? <laughs> it sounds like there's, like there's something really going on there. I, I'm sorry if that was really no, noisy. That was kind of fun, actually. <laughs> but I just wanted to make sure that people know it's people not People knew that there was a real, a real thought here. <laughs> but um, oh, no. the, the thing, we talk about anticipatory grief. It's really this feeling that the loss is coming. Yeah. And there's such a, a, a lot of uncertainty and it's all of the same things that we go through with grief after the loss, because what we've lost is the expectation that our animal companion is going to be well for the duration. And yeah. so we are dealing with all of the impact of the impending the knowledge that their death is is coming is going is coming, later. but there and there's also a lot of dread, anxiety, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. concern. It's always yeah. weighing on you, right? And always weighing, always there, always like, am, am I going to come home and find them in crisis? Am I going to yeah. come home and find that they are that they have died, dead, and yeah. and so. It, it can be very it can be very similar to the law the, the feelings of grief that we have actually after the loss when the loss actually happens and so we we can't discount it we can't again we might we might feel all the kind of things that we tend to feel when we're grieving a loss that we've just encountered. So we might feel like we're losing our minds or we might feel like yeah. our concentration is messed up or our sleep is not what it should be. Or our appetite is up and down and all over the place. So we are in fact grieving the, the sense that everything is okay. And right. we've lost that. That's what we've right. lost. We've lost that. And, and we're, and that's a matter of time. It's great yeah. uncertainty. And the, the other thing about it too, is that, you know, there's this process, and you, even though, like what Danielle's saying, she's still, you know, running around, she's still happy, she's still, um, um, you know, uh, eating and whatever, it's only her breathing, but um, so that makes it really hard when you do the quality of life scale and then you find out that there's only one or two things. So, but you're right. If all of a sudden she's not breathing yeah. or can't breathe well, then that's, I will say this and you know this too. They will tell you when they're ready. Yeah. And we, the thing that that's so hard is that, sometimes it's gradual and sometimes yeah. it is it's urgent. Sudden. 
Yeah. It's an emergency. And so with this kind of situation, it sounds like that's the thing that it could, she could be all of a sudden gasping for breath. breath. Right. Or it could be more incremental than that. And they don't want to deprive her of time when she is relatively okay, relatively exactly. Feeling, okay, so they've got to monitor this and very carefully. Determination. Which they do. And and then if the if all of a sudden they obviously they don't want her to suffer either. So all of a sudden, right. if it could be, you know, immediate all of a sudden one day that she can't breathe then of course they will take her and they will they will feel bad that maybe she was suffering there's really something very difficult like she said hungry for air you know she's an icu yeah, yeah. nurse i mean hungry for air that's that was quite a statement that makes really so much sense really yeah yeah and so they're gonna they're doing what any conscientious pet guardian would do and that is to to monitor and it, you know, it reminds me of, of the ways that both of my most recent losses went in that we had dogs who had congestive heart failure and we knew that it, it could get to a point where they were having terrible difficulty breathing or they could just, we could just lose them abruptly. And in both cases, they did, they did very well until they had a crisis. Yeah. And, and the crisis was extreme, was extreme. I mean, it was extreme. And one of our, one of the dogs who had congestive heart failure died while we were away on vacation, even though we had been told that just before we went by his vet, that he was probably going to be stable because he was very stable until he wasn't. And the other one, I just, I just came in one day from being outside and she was in terrible distress yeah. and had to take her to the vet. And and there she died before we even had much of a conversation about euthanasia. So the, the, they're in this, they're in this period and there's no, there's no definites on what to do. No, and, and that's what's so anxiety provoking because yeah. it goes back to the guilt. A lot of people, all of us, most of us have around euthanasia. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. we, do we do it too soon or do we do it too late? And so unfortunately, that guilt is, is there. But I mean, Danielle and her husband are giving Nella a wonderful life. Yeah, and, well, thank you for sharing this because we, we thought it was, it was time to talk more about the dilemma that you're yeah. kind of facing. And, and just all of that, of course, is on top of the fact that you're gonna lose her before too long. And so you're going yeah. through that anticipatory grief. And so it just, it's a complicated layer of emotional distress. I remember nights with Noelle, especially because she had such a hard time, pugs and Frenchies and she had such a hard time breathing. And, you know, leading up to finding out that she had a tumor in her chest. But I would wake up in the middle of the night and look at her. Are you okay? Mm -hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. okay, she's breathing. And, and that's how you live your life yeah. for yeah. a period of time. Yeah. You know, now Ellie here has end stage gastric disease. I mean, we just go every day. She gets her food, special foods. She gets special meds. And okay, we don't know what, what that will mean. Yeah. She was diagnosed a year ago. I mean, so, you know, but all we can do 
is pay attention as we always do and to love them. Yeah. You yeah, know, exactly. to love them. just the way you always have. Yeah. Yeah. So we thank Danielle for this story and we're going to move on and share a story from Harvey and Harvey is, is talking with us about oh, Leslie. His Leslie. Leslie. That's so beautiful. <laughs> and here's a picture of Leslie. If you're listening to the, to the audio, we're showing a picture of her. She was a beautiful, mostly black dog. And uh, is that like, is, is it's no, he, she has, a, she has a white, white mouth. But she's in the snow. So yeah, it's hard to tell, but she's playing in the snow. <laughs> she has a very intelligent face. Yes. <laughs> so this is Harvey. Harvey writes, bonjour. My name is Harvey from Montreal, Canada. I'm French Canadian. Sorry for my English in advance. I, and I'll preface this by saying his English is far better than my French. <laughs> That's right. So we appreciate we appreciate you writing, Harvey, and, and writing in English. My sweet 10-year-old girl, Leslie, was diagnosed with melanoma cancer. I wanted to remove the mask that was on the side of her mouth. It only took two weeks before it grew back. So uh -huh. I went to the oncologist and was given two months prognosis. My girl was still happy eating, drinking water, running all over, running after the ball. It took me a lot of courage to make the decision on a day that she was comfortable. It was, I was with her until the end. I didn't cry loudly because I didn't want her to stress. I petted her, talked to her, gave her a million kisses, told her I loved her, etc. When she left, I burst out crying. Yeah. Now I have so much guilt thinking that I should have waited a little more. I can see her in my head, how happy she was, knowing that I made the decision to put her to sleep. I did that because I was very scared that she would suffer. The guilt is killing me. I regret it. I need help. So here you have, now I'll tell you, this reminds me very much of a story when we had a cat whose name was Reginald. And Reginald was always, always with me and, and his mom, my ex-wife, and he would sleep between us and he would wait till I was half asleep. And then he'd start batting my nose. <laughs> he We're would not letting you sleep. He would us into every room. He was a real character. He was a, just, he, he was, he was, he was not the stereotype of a cat who is aloof. In fact, I've never known a cat that's actually aloof. <laughs> my cats have been all over me. That's good. And, and he was very much like that, but he developed cancer and we were monitoring it and it was essentially throughout his body he seemed to be doing okay he was on medication he seemed to be doing okay for a while then all of a sudden one day there was a very big lesion on his on his lip so we took him to the vet because he was pawing at it and he was like it was really clearly in this it was really bothering him and we went to the vet and asked where are we now and the vet said well He's, it's hard to tell if he's in pain or if it's just really uncomfortable, but you see what he's doing. He's like pawing at it. And he was, like, he was like, he put his head down. He was like putting his push on, his, on his wound. It was a fairly substantial lesion. And we talked to the vet for a while and then we decided to put him down because we knew he we knew he had cancer throughout his body at that point. He had been pretty, 
pretty much normal in his behavior until that morning when this thing just sort of erupted in a big way on on his face and on his lip and and Harvey's story reminds me of that that mm-hmm. we kind of could have gone either way we could have you know let let it go on for a little for quite a little bit longer uh, I don't remember if they said they could they they could remove it and but we decided that he was suffering and he hadn't been suffering before and so we had him use yeah. it and and I feel like that's what Harvey's telling us that he yeah. he knew and again the the mass was like in Danielle's case this was not a global problem of functioning Leslie wasn't unable to walk or move or yeah. anything like that but she had this growth that was really prob- was a real problem and so he made the decision and, and the thing that i think we have to keep in mind is at, at a certain point we just have to trust our decisions that's right you know we do the best we can and we just have to say this is what we're deciding to do because given all the information and all the consultation we have this feels like the right course of action and we're never going to get it 100% right that's not no possible. no but we also know our animals Right. So we know when, I mean, even though there's nuances, right. But Mm -hmm. when you know that you're unlike with Jackie, right. Jackie was starting to walk in circles. He just wouldn't stop. He was howling. That wasn't him, you know, and even though he was still eating till the end, you know, and he was drinking till the end and he can be, we was mobile. He just was not comfortable anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was hard for us. I mean, we sat there and we looked at each other and said, he's not himself. Mm-hmm. You know, he's no longer mm-hmm. really functioning in the context of his brain. His brain was yeah. was affected. So that said, I mean, it was certainly sad and it was hard, but we couldn't let him suffer anymore. Yeah, yeah. And, and y- you know that there's no there's no going back. There's no heal. Like all that lies ahead is going to be worse than the current moment. And when you, when you know that that's the case, like all the, all the information that you can gather tells you that that's the case. You are only going on a downward trajectory. Then that's, that's when you are thinking, is it, is it time now? Now this is, is yeah. it is it worth letting them keep going down this path that is right. not going to go anywhere better than we are at this moment and and it is a very individual decision and sometimes mm-hmm. the 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 assessments don't really work because they tend to be more for a kind of global deep diminishment in functioning right they tend to be much more about looking at me- all these different spheres Measures. of yeah. functioning and and that is the way that many illnesses will will progress but that is not the way all illnesses progress sometimes there's a very definite there's a very definite problem like the breathing or like the using mm-hmm. their mouth and you have to decide that this is really where we have to we have to part we have to let them let them go the other interesting thing, I mean, that we've heard all so many times is that 
you know, which you know that you've made that decision, right? You made that mm -hmm. decision with your animal. And if you can have that last day with them, yeah, and it's yeah. usually that the last day they rally. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. not an untypical thing. And then you're yeah. like, I made this decision. Is this yeah. really the right? To Look at he's happy, running, eating. And you're like, but it, it's just weird that way. That's yeah, so yeah. many times that that it does, that's yeah and and uh, who knows who knows what that's about yeah. that could be interpreted many many different ways and again we just we do the best we do the best that we can yeah. and, and Harvey last the last thing he says is this guilt is killing me I regret I, I need know. help now, this was a little while back we we have we have uh, we received this back in February so. I'm assuming that Harvey may be in a bit of a different place, but the guilt feels often like that. It feels like it's killing us. And yes, we live through it though. We live through it and then we put it in, we, we get a different perspective on this as we think it through over and over and oh, over yeah. again. We talk to people, we listen to, to people, we revisit the, this, the, the observations we had and, we come to a place where we realize that we did the best we could at the time. And it does work. I mean, I have, a, I do have someone I've been working with for a few months and, and um, his dog was killed um, by another car in the context of um, him getting into the car, you know, with his dog and, and did not, he didn't shut the door as quickly and the dog saw a squirrel and ran out. And today I saw him and he said, you know, I never thought I would, I would get out of that. Mm -hmm. The guilt was mm -hmm. so horrendous mm -hmm. and excruciating for me. And he's, he's, he's feeling, you know, he's still sad, but he finally could get to a place after a few months that he said, well, you know, I know it, that's what happened, but and I miss him terribly, but you know, that's it was an accident, and that's what happened. Yeah. So it accidents you know, happen. Accidents happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for those who are just in that, especially with something that you feel is your fault, that it does it does turn around. It takes a while, and it's mm -hmm. painful, and it's excruciating. But it, it you can't get to the other side. So. Yep. Yep, we live we live with it, and eventually it 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 isn't it isn't over overwhelming anymore. It's just it's just part of our life story. It's just part of our life story. So we want to thank Harvey yes. very much for this story, and Danielle for her story. And great to have the conversation with you as always, Nancy. And we'll yes. look forward to our next one next oh, week. We, we want to remind people again. Yeah, subscribe on YouTube if you uh, are inclined to so do to do that because it's just it's helpful for other people learning about the program. So thank you if you're able to do that. Yes, thank you very much. Take care, everyone. Bye bye.